Good morning. Um, my name is Randy. My wife, Sandy Buendorf, we're Jason's mom and dad from St. Louis. And uh, we were blessed and privileged to be with you two months ago to celebrate the life of our precious 16-month-old granddaughter, Josie Marie. And that was an extremely difficult time for our family. Um, but this has been on my heart for a long time. Well, for the last two months anyway, I guess that's a long, it's relative, right? Um, the love and the tremendous outpouring and show of support that this church family pastor gave to our son and our daughter-in-law and their kids and to all of us was very overwhelming. You truly were Jesus with skin on. The, the entire community of Amherst, the neighbors on the street, the school, we were blown away. Even my family members from Minnesota who came, that was here, my brother and his wife and their kids. My, my sister-in-law, Leanne, said, I thought our small town in New Richland, Minnesota was good. We're nothing compared to what we saw and experienced here. Um, you ladies that came and took over Joy's house and cleaned all the food you brought in, I swear to God there is enough toilet paper and paper towels in their house to last a year. <laughs> it looked like a mini Costco downstairs. It truly did. But... Um, from a dad. When I got word of Josie Marie's death, I was in Denver, Colorado. I drive truck for a living. So it was 825 miles back to St. Louis. Through the night, I picked up Joy's dad the next morning, about 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, and then 750 miles out to here. But I never felt so far away at that moment as I did then. And we are here this week because about oh, a month and a half before Josie's passing, this is Josie died March 27th, so back in February or so, Jason called me and he says, Dad, he said, I told Joy that I didn't want any presents for Father's Day this year except for one thing. Could I fly my dad out and just spend a week together? Now the backside of it is he's got some specific projects he wants us to do, but but what an honor for a father to have his son say, I want my Father's Day present to be to have you come and spend a week with me. So that's why we're here this week. And it truly is great and wonderful. But I just wanted to say thank you, Pastor, to you. Uh, Chad and Jennifer were sensational. Uh, I'll get in trouble if I try to name names, but you guys were truly, truly great. And thank you very much for being our extended family to our kids. Amen. Yeah. Pastor Taylor, come up. We're going to pray before he, as he comes up. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you that nothing compares to the promise we have in you, Lord. And thank you for the word that we have, we're going to receive. And may our hearts be open, our ears are attentive to what you're going to say on today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You should have a bulletin. So if you take your bulletin out, I have some notes in it that you can follow along with the bulletin. If you don't have a bulletin, just raise your hand and we can uh, get you one. If you do not have a bulletin, it's on. Yeah. If you don't have a bulletin, uh, raise your hand. There's one right here. Okay, sound-wise, can, can everyone hear me? Can everyone hear me? Huh? You can hear me. Can you hear me later? Okay. Um, Justin, how about uh, Justin just a little bit? Uh, we have uh, one person who doesn't hear me quite as well as he wants to. Today, 
we are on the third part of our series that we are doing on finances. You saw the banner out front that would say, Be wise uh, financially in the kingdom of God. And in your bulletin on the left side, you have some notes there that would tell us those things that we have gone over in the first two messages. One of those things, uh, we try to give you some spiritual truths, or really we call them kingdom laws, that I want you to remember, if at all possible, because we're going to start applying some of these things, uh, some of the stories and some of the incidents and things like that, to some of these uh, laws as we go along. Uh, but one of them, basically, is that there is no other foundation that can be laid other than Jesus Christ. None. None. And <clears throat> that's, that's found in 1 Corinthians. You see it there. Chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. It's actually verse 11, but 10 and 11 explains it a little bit better. Then I want you to look in your Bibles and your own PowerPoint. We'll look at it in, in Luke. Uh, let's go to Luke 6 and look there. 46. You don't have a foundation. I don't have a foundation. No one has a foundation, really, really, if what I said was true. And it is true because it's the Word of God. No other foundation can anyone lay other than Jesus Christ. Now it says in verse 46, 47, 48, 49, that why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? So doing what the Lord says is very important. Then he says, anyone who comes to me and hears my word and acts on them. We've got to hear. We talked about that last week. That's very important. Action, as you found out, completes it. You can hear, but without action, you don't have anything. You just have some words that were spoken. They have to act on it. He says that, I will show you whom he's like. He's like a man building a house and dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. He didn't say a rock, but the rock. And when a, when a flood occurred and torrent burst against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. It's been well built only because it's built on a rock. But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house on the ground without any foundation. So it's like that. It's similar to this. And if no other foundation can anyone lay other than Jesus Christ, even if we have a foundation, we think it's a foundation, it's not a foundation that's going to stand against the times that are coming and that are here now. You can't stand if you're not standing on the rock. There is no rock other than our rock, Jesus Christ. No rock. There are some imitations. You see them sometimes. They are artists. They are, they are uh, especially in, in the movies, they have these uh, look-alike rocks. But they are just paper mache. They are something they build and paint it like rock, and, but on a, they make it look like a rock. And if you look at the special features, you'll say, man, that wasn't even a rock. I thought they were in the rocks. No, that wasn't a rock. And that's the same thing as we build a house uh, and thinking we have a foundation. If it's not on Jesus Christ, we have not built on the rock. It's an invitation. It's going to fail. So there was two truths there. Then we said that uh, another one in Mark 4, 24, we said, you know, it's very important for us to understand that there are some things that's going to be in action in the spirit realm. And if we don't realize this, then what's going to happen is that you're going to be doing something spiritually. You don't see it, but it's happening. It's happening. It's just like anything else. Sometimes things are happening underground. We don't know about it. But then all of a sudden it, it surfaces. This is what happens in there. Let's look at it in Luke 4, uh, Mark 4. 24. Take care of what you listen to. This is what we want right here. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. And more will be given besides. So that's very important 
that whatever standard you measure by, I don't care if it's a standard where you're judging people, whether you have a critical spirit, I don't care whether it's financial, whether you're giving, whatever measure you measure by, if you want to use them in, in cooking, there are measures, measurements, you can, you can do that. Whatever measurement you're using, that is going to be measured to you back again. Now, that is, that is sobering. That is a law that you say, well, that can't be. That is. That is. And we told you one time that if you have lived your life and have not shown mercy, then judgment is going to be without mercy. So whatever measure you measure out, that's what's going to come back to you. Another way of saying is whatever you sow, that is what you're going to what? Reap. That is a law. It's a law. And sometimes we don't see it. Sometimes we don't think it's in effect. But it is in effect. I was, I was reading the Judges, and I was going over it a little bit, and I showed the congregation once, once about a, a circle that's in, in, in Judges. And a circle was that whenever Israel had a judge, they followed the law. Whenever the judge died, they strayed into idolatry. Then God's allowed an enemy come against them, and they cried out to the Lord for the harsh treatment, and he had mercy on them, sent another judge, delivered them, and they followed the Lord while the judge was living until the judge died, and then they went back into idolatry, then they cried out to the Lord when the, when the, when the enemy came against them, and the Lord delivered them again, and that's the whole cycle of judges, the whole cycle of judges. They didn't know they were in a spiritual realm. They didn't know that, that if God says something, then it's some spiritual things that's in place that is going to take place whether they see it or whether they don't. It's going to take place. It's the same thing it is with us, uh, and, and I'm giving these messages, and it, we want you to make sure that, that you uh, get the foundation because I have never taught the messages like this on finances in, in the 15 years, of 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20, 23 years I've been teaching. Uh, I haven't, haven't taught anything like this, and this is where I believe God's having me to teach, is that, that make sure that that you teach in such a way that you're not just talking about finances, you're talking about whatever, the Word of God, the Word of God. It's going to happen in any word. So that's, that's the review there. Let's go to another one, Luke 8.18. That's the last review. And that's the one that says that, take care of how you listen, for whoever has... To him more shall be given. That is the law. Whoever has, more shall be given. Whoever does not have, what does it say? Even that which he thinks he has. Even what he thinks he has going to be taken away from him. Now, that's very important because we talked about that last week also, and we know that in order for us to work out the three negative things in the soul souls of the word and, and get to the positive things, we're going to have to have some understanding. We said that. That's number one. We're going to have to also persevere when things come against that word that we have. We have to persevere. We're going to have to also, I call it, weed our garden because as long as the weeds and, and thorns and things grow up, it's going to choke the the word is not going to be fruitful, so therefore I need to weed my garden. And anybody who has a garden knows that you can't have the weeds growing up. And that's what happened a lot of times. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. Because God put it into motion in Genesis is that thorns and thistles is going to grow. And it's going to grow right beside something that's good. And you've seen them. Yeah? You've seen them. We have a nice little bush in our, in our yard. I don't know what you call that bush. They have red little birds. What, what do you call that bush, baby? Holly bush. I think it's a holly bush. They have little red birds that you can tear off things and, and make for, for Christmas, stuff like that. Holly bush. Well, <laughs> you know, the thing, <laughs> thing is, 
then we have a dogwood tree there, and these ugly things start growing up right beside it. And if you leave it there, it'll keep growing. And it'll keep growing. After a while, it's going to be a tree. And they call those trees, what do you call it? Paradise trees. I don't know why they call them paradise trees. <laughs> Sin trees. They call them, the, you know, no good for nothing, you know, but it choke out stuff. We have to weed our garden also. And then if we get by that, then, of course, uh, we, we're, we're into the good ground. We're into the, where the word is productive, 30, 60, uh, 100-fold return. So that's the good, the good news. And that's what we want to go to. That's review. Today, what we want to do is to give a topic to this that's important. And I didn't, on the banner, put the topic there in what it says. I put what it meant there. I said, act wise financially in the kingdom of God. It's in the banner as you come in the sanctuary. Really, is to be shrewd, act shrewd, shrewd. I didn't want to put that because uh, shrewdness is a negative connotation in most people's minds, so I didn't want to put that, so I put wise. And we're going to go to our cornerstone scripture. Now, our cornerstone scripture is a scripture that I call cornerstone because uh, when you're building a building uh, in, in, in olden times, you had to lay that cornerstone in the cornerstone. You measure every other stone by that stone, and you're going to have the measurements correct. If you don't, then it's going to be off. And so everything is measured by this scripture that we're going to talk about, and let's go to it in Luke 16. Let's start in verse 1. House shrewd, how spiritually shrewd, let's say, how spiritually shrewd do you act with money? That's a question I'm asking. And I want to keep asking that question today, and I want you to ask your, yourself that question. How shrewd do you act financially with money in the kingdom of God? In the kingdom of God. How shrewd do you act? Let's start with it. Now, he was also saying to the, to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager. And this manager was reported to him as squandering his, his possessions. Now, you have, your Bible might say, steward. A manager is a steward. It's very important for us to stop here and, and, and talk about this, this word because this word is going to tell you some things in the kingdom. A steward is a person or a manager is a person in, in this scripture here that he is a household uh, overseer. He's an overseer of a domestic house. Or dom he's an overseer of a business. He's an overseer of a minor. He's an overseer of possessions of someone else. That's what a manager is in this scripture, or a steward is. Now, everyone knows that in their mind, if they've been Christians in a length of time pretty much, and you say, well, stewardship, we need to be good stewards. We do need to be good stewards. We need to be stewards over every single thing. But what is a steward? A steward is a manager. A steward is an overseer of someone else's possessions. Steward doesn't own a thing that he's managing. Now, everyone knows that, oh, that's correct. If I asked you, what do you own? Everybody's going to say, nothing. Is that correct? But come push and shove, most of the time, people say that, but they don't mean that. They don't mean that. Because they'll say some things like, I can do what I want to. You can't tell me what to do. We make statements like that. We make statements, uh, interesting statements. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not going to give you my money. Now, 
if you ask a person, what's a steward? They'll say, a steward is someone who manages someone else's possessions. Do you have any money? No. Who owns it? God. Why did you make that statement? See, it's in their heart that they actually own it. That's what they actually think. They own it. We, we actually think a lot of times that we own our life. It's our life. We can do with it what we want to do with it. If I choose to, to uh, uh, I've heard somebody say, well, hey, uh, I'm smoking, so what? I can get to heaven smoking. There's not, nothing in the Bible tells me I can't smoke. I said, well, it's not good for you, your health. Well, it's my health. It's not your health. I'm not hurting anybody. Have you ever, ever heard anybody say that? I'm not hurting anybody. Well, the thing is that if your body is not yours, then how in the world can you say that you can smoke and you can do what you want to? And I just use that as an example. Just use an example. It can be anything else. It can be whatever. It can be whatever. I say that this temple, this body, is a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's what I say. And I say we can't do what we want to. And, and, and I, I know I can get an amen on that. Right? But now I say you can't eat what you want to either. And people say, oh, man. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Oh, you're going too far. It was a line drawn and you just crossed it. <laughs> You just crossed it, you know. <laughs> really? How can we say we can eat what we want to if this is not our temple? He gave Israel dietary laws, didn't he? Why do you think he gave it to them? Because he just said, I'm going to see what hardship I can put on them. No. He had a reason for it. It's for their good. It's for our good that even though all things are lawful, we know that all things are not profitable. Can you say amen to that? Okay. That's what a steward is. So let's make make the point that we do not own anything. We we are slaves, douloses, we are slaves to Jesus Christ. We have given our life to Jesus Christ. We do not own our life. We don't own anything about it. He purchased us with, the, with his blood. Is that correct? The precious blood, of, not with silver and gold and any of those things. It was precious blood of Jesus Christ. So if he did that, then he, he purchased us, and that means he purchased us with all our hang-ups, with all our baggage that we didn't, come on, we, didn't we bring baggage in? He purchased it all. We, we, we have a family. And so he said, hey, this is my family. It's, you know, it's not yours, it's mine. It's everything. You have children, they're my children. They're not yours, are they? You see, yes, they are. They're mine. He, I'm the temple, but they're not. They're mine. No, they're his. They're his. They're his children. Are you in agreement? We're in agreement. Okay. That's stewardship. Now we have that understanding. Let's go a little further. And he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an accounting. That means to turn in a complete account of the handling of my property, my possessions, Turn in a, a complete account of it. I want to know all that going out and it comes in. I want to know everything. Give account. Now, out of all the studying I've done on this, one thing, one, one, one place said it, well, this, this master was not fair because he didn't even try to find out whether the man, he said, I, you know, I, I heard about this unfair thing you were doing. Well, everybody know that 
uh, you can't go by what you hear. So I take it another way where, where most of the information come from is that this person was a righteous person. And he found out about this person. And you can find out things. You can find out things. Paul said, well, you know, I, I, I've heard about what you've done, and I believe it. Because they had to write him letters uh, telling him what's going on at Corinth and different places like that. Uh, and and he, he would have people who he could trust who would tell him things. And so he knew what was going on. He said, give him an account. The manager said to himself, what should I do? What should I do? So he's thinking. Since my master has taken my management away from me, my stewardship away from me, I am not strong enough to dig. I'm ashamed to beg. What shall I do? That is very important. Because this man, at this particular time, is trying to think of how he's going to provide for himself once his management, his stewardship has been taken away. Then in verse 4, he said, I know what I should do so that when I'm removed from management, people will welcome me into their homes, into their dwelling place. I know what I'm going to do. And he summoned each one of his master's debtors, and he began saying to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. And he said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and write 50. Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? He said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and write 80. Now, we have to know by these examples that that was given, he's trying to do something. This unjust steward is trying to make room for himself once his management is taken so it can't be something so light, something so nonchalant, something that doesn't mean anything to anybody and then after it's over with, he's still not going to have anywhere to go. Suppose Someone owed you a thousand dollars, or was it you owed you owe somebody a thousand dollars, and they came to you and said, "Hey, um, I'm, I'm gonna make you a deal. How much you owe?" He said, thousand dollars. That's what I owe. Okay, quickly, quickly, sit down and, and write and write nine hundred ninety-nine dollars and fifty-nine cents. Well, what would you say? You said, "Well, you called me over here for that." It had to be something significant. Would you think so? If you're going to make room for yourself, it had to be something significant. So we see he counseled half of it. He counseled, you know, uh, 20% of it. Now listen to verse 8. And his master praised the unrighteous uh, manager. And don't don't think that he was praising him as a manager. He was praising him because he's already called him unrighteous. He's just praising something about what he was doing because it said he acted shrewdly. Out of nine uh, commentaries, I was trying to find out, well, how many times does this word wise is used? Because that's what I put. I put the King James Version of, on, on the banner out front. Act wise because I knew you understand wise. If I said act shrewd, shrewd, when I picture somebody shrewd, I picture somebody like I rented from uh, years ago. I, I rented from this person, and every time it rained, every time it rained, I had to get the pots. Whenever, hey, get some pots, get some pots, hurry up. It will, it will leak down the chimney. It will leak in the, in the living room. It just, doom, doom, just leak all over the place. It needed another roof. And we'll put pots out, put pots out, because we didn't want the, the, you know, the carpet to get all wet and, and mildew and all that kind of stuff. And uh, if I were not a Christian, I'd say, let it get mildew. I hope it gets soaking wet. Yeah? 
But see, you can't think like that because we're Christians. And plus, it's going to hurt you anyway. <laughs> if you're in there with me, it's going to hurt you anyway. Uh, the bathroom on the walls, it had wallpaper, supposed to have been a wallpaper. There used to be wallpaper behind, and then some wallpaper down, had mildew behind that. Uh, uh, it, was, it was terrible. Uh, saw a couple of bats in the basement uh, downstairs where I had to go to wash and I was scared to go wash, wash clothes, you know, because I uh, had a bat down there, man. I'm scared of a bat, you know. Uh, they said they can't see, but somehow I believe, I believe that he can, he can sense me, you know. <laughs> so I said, I don't want to be around a bat, you know. Uh, but I run in there and put some clothes in and run out, you know. Um, this is the house that we rented. And I would tell the, 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 the man, we call them landlords, you know, we, we, we'll, we'll say, hey, hey, look, the roof is leaking. Can you lower the rent and, and fix this thing, you know? Can you fix it? No, we're not going to fix it. We're not going to fix it. You rent it just like it was, then that's what it is. That's what it's going to stay. Okay. Okay. All right. Do you know that soon as, as soon as we left that place, you know what he did? Put a new roof on Put a new roof on. Put a new roof on. I visited him when he was in the hospital. I really did. Yeah. Yeah, I w- that's how I was thinking, too. Uh, but say you have these little thoughts that, you know, you, you want to go pray that he deceased, you know. But, you, you know, but, you know, you don't do that, um, <laughs> you know. But, but it, you know, the, the thing is that... <laughs> I think of shrew like that. The man is wealthy. I'm telling you. He's wealthy. One of the wealthiest people in Lynchburg. He's wealthy. Why in the world wouldn't he fix the roof? He's shrew. You know, he's hard. He's a businessman. He didn't get rich by just, you know, giving everybody breaks. Right? That's what I think of shrew. Okay? Shrew... In this verse, verse 8 does not mean that. Shrewd means wise. You have foresight. You have uh, creativity. Prudence. You have prudence. You are astute. All these are just words for it. And I said, well, what do you mean? Then it said, to advantage. To advantage. So this word, when it says that he acted shrewdly, he had foresight, did he not? He used some creativity. And he was thinking, how can I get an advantage? Of this thing. He did it unjustly. God wants us to do it in the kingdom justly. Now, I'm not going to give you scriptures today. Uh, what I'm, when I say I'm not giving you scriptures because we're, we're doing scripture. Uh, to, next week, what I'm going to do is come back. And for each one of these, uh, like uh, uh, these right here, that I'm giving this on the right side of your bulletin. They already numbered. This is number uh, number one, basically. And these are these are, are ways that, that that we can, as as a people, apply what he was telling the disciples. We can apply just about everything that has to do with finances. Everything he did, everything he said, you can apply it to the things that we are going over. That's what you can apply it to. And it says here, there was a funny statement when I read it a long time ago, and, and I want to go over For the sons of this age, meaning that person, that means the, the, the people of the world, are more shrewd, they're more, they, they're more wise, they're, more, uh, uh, they're looking more towards their future. They are using all the things within their means, which is unrighteous usually, uh, uh, some, most of the time, and they're using this to their advantage. He says that they are more shrewd in relationship to their own kind 
than the sons of light. And if we have finished that sentence, which he it didn't finish it here, but if you have finished that sentence and say, more than the, the children of light with the things of the kingdom. Because we're talking about kingdom. You can't do anything unrighteous. He's talking about kingdom. You know he's talking about kingdom with what's, what follows it. And I said, oh, wow. I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want the Lord to say to me that the people of this world were wiser, were more shrewd, worked to their advantage more in the things of the world than you had sense enough to do with the things of the kingdom that I gave you. I don't want the Lord saying that to me. So the first thing I put down as as an application that we can apply is that I want to be more shrewd in the things of the kingdom than the people of the world. So I want to be more shrewd than the world. Because I'm in the kingdom. And he's given us kingdom rules, hasn't he? Kingdom laws. He's given it to us. And if we follow these laws, we're going to have success in everything we do. Biblical success. Not world success, but biblical biblical success. That's number one. Okay, let's go to number two. Verse 9. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves. And why did he say make friends for yourselves? Because that's what this unjust manager did, didn't he? He made friends for himself out of that person. This person said, man, you must really like me. You, you cancel half my debt. You cancel 20% of my debt, man. And, and if, if you go back and look at uh, when it says 100 measures of oil, a measure is about eight or nine gallons. So if he owed them 100, if 100 gallons, that's a lot of gallons. And it's the same thing with the uh, measures of wheat. It's about 11 uh, bushels of wheat per measure. <laughs> Woo, I said, my goodness gracious. So he made some friends. So he said, okay, I have to explain this thing to you, disciples. I said they're more shrewd than, than you are. And let me explain why. Because he made friends for himself. He used what he had. He didn't know of anything else to do. He didn't have kingdom laws. He, 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 he didn't have me as the Lord and Savior. He didn't have all that. Here's this man. He is outside the kingdom. He's in the world. He's using things of the world to make advantage for himself. Like the person I was telling you that I was renting from. And he said, now, you make friends for yourself. How am I going to make friends for myself? That's the question. So that when it fails, when what fails? And what fails? Well, number one, if you fail, meaning that when you die, you're going to be with the Lord, so everything going to be given an account then. But also, if, the, if your money fails, or when your stewardship fails, like he did, his stewardship fails, they'll receive you into internal dwellings. That's so that means when I die. Okay, when I die, they're going to receive me into eternal dwellings. Who's going to, who's going to, who's the they going to receive me into eternal dwellings? Well, to, to answer that question, I have to find out who's in these dwellings. Who has eternal life? Everyone who's born again. Is that correct? Well, then they're in these eternal dwellings, aren't they? That means that I need to try to use my finances, my money, okay, that he's given me to use for him stewardship because it's not mine, it's his, and to, to try to gain what he thinks is important, what he knows is important, which is souls. 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 
Do you think God cares about how much gold it is in the world? No. No, the streets are covered with gold in heaven. Isn't it? Does he care about all the jewels and all the? He doesn't care. The gates of one single pearl. The gates of it. He doesn't need that stuff. But we need it in order to win souls. You can't win those souls you broke, usually, because you can't go nowhere. How far are you going to walk? 85, 90 degrees out there. How far are you going to walk? Let's go witness in, in Roanoke. By the time you get there, nobody want to hear it. You know, you'll be so worn out. Come on. Let's reach out to people. You can't do much. But he, what he wants us to do is to be thinking of the future. How can I do this thing? How can I maneuver? So he's going to, use, use, he's going to allow us to use our creativity, our creativity, and he's going to allow us to draw upon the Holy Spirit. What can we do? What can we do? Now, I know, I know I have some uh, missionaries in here. Did y'all get to Florida by just walking? Not yet. Did it cost you money? Somebody money. It cost somebody money. Is that correct? Somebody cost some money. If you buy tracks, it's got to cost somebody something. Is that correct? It's cost somebody something. But souls are one. I just finished talking to uh, Vanessa Littles, uh, the person who, the organization that she, that we give to to give it to her, uh, that we go through because it's, you know, giving it to somebody, just send it to her, it won't get there. Uh, I was talking to him because he visited her, and uh, it costs money to do that. We send money over, but she is winning souls. And it's important, winning souls. How can we, how, so I want to use creativity. How can I do that? I was thinking about creativity, I think it was last night, this morning. I said, boy, suppose somebody in here had the, the foresight, the creativeness to do Facebook. You were the creator in here. Do you think that we don't have intelligence? That we can think of nothing? See, we got to think about this thing. I was thinking about, I was thinking about, I don't know about, when computers came out, these laptop computers. I said, these things are little, you know, and your hands can't fit in these things, but I don't want none of those things, you know. Uh, but now they're, they're pretty good, I mean. Laptops, they're pretty good. Uh, personal computers. I said, one day they're going to come up with something that you can, See somebody emailing to, but they already have it, don't they? Now, don't they? Right? I bet you they have in the makings. I think most, a lot, not most people. Some people have these phones that you can get internet. You can you, you do all this stuff on it. They call them what? iPhones or what? What you call those things? Smartphones. Yeah. Uh, can you see the person you're talking to? I was thinking about this morning. I said, I bet you there's somebody going to make something that you can see when you're talking to on the phone. They already made that thing. I'm behind. I'm trying to get Why didn't we think about it? Come on. Why didn't we think about that? <laughs> see, you have to be thinking. See, because, see, the world's out there thinking, how can, how can, we um, invent something that people are going to want and can make money out of. Right? That would be cool, wouldn't it? Well, There's a, a person that was, uh, uh, had a cell phone and they had it in their sock. And they said, I've never seen anybody with a cell phone in their sock. And Minerva said, well, hey, that would be a neat invention. Uh, a pocket in your sock so you can put your cell phone in it. Because those iPhones, a lot of times, you know, they're too big to put on your belt. belt, belt well, the ladies can't do them. But sometimes you put it on your sock, you know. 
Uh, but anyway, you, 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 talk, you hear what I'm talking about. You got you, you to gotta start thinking outside the box. You got to start thinking outside the box if we're going to use, if we're going to be shrewd. Because, see, we're not thinking about how much, how much money can I make? What size house can I buy? Boy, I wouldn't mind having a Lamborghini automobile. I think it was an automobile. I wouldn't mind having, boy, if I had an airplane, I can, uh, a helicopter would be pretty cool. I can, I can get in my helicopter from home to here, and it would take me less time. You know, all these crazy things, and we, uh, we can, can we sit around thinking, I wonder, wonder how many, can we start an orphanage, an orphanage, Somewhere in, in these third world countries, you remember we did a um, in Mother's Day last year. We we is human trafficking is going on, and they they got these little kids, and they are the boys and girls, and they are turning them into prostitutes, and and they are they are using these little kids, and the, the, the things that it costs about, I don't know about a hundred dollars to take somebody out of that situation because they take them out and they give them jobs and they turn them around and give them Christian stuff and all like that. They, they went them to the Lord. And I said, boy, suppose we could, we could, we could sponsor that and have about, you know, an orphanage, you know, have a place like that. It takes money, though, doesn't it? We have to be sort thinking of things like that because that's what God wants us to do. He wants to be shrewd with our finances, the money, be shrewd. Start thinking about, about those things because it means a lot to him. So it means. Okay. I'm going to stop here uh, because I want to stop uh, in, in the time that we have here. We have, we were on number two, which is verse nine, and you have the notes for the others, but we'll, we'll pick it up here next week, and then we're going to start putting some. Have you ever wondered, wondered why sometimes you see, you see something in the Old Testament or something in the New Testament, you say, wow, huh, that's interesting. I wonder why they do that. But it, I can, we can plug that thing right into one of these eight that I've gone over. We can plug them in. And you can say, oh, I see how that fits right in there. That's what we want you to do. We want you to be wise. We want you to understand how the kingdom works because we're going to stop being people who the world is more shrewd, more wiser than we are with, with, with money. We are going to be more shrewd because he didn't say we weren't wise now. He didn't say we weren't shrewd. He says be more shrewd. He said the children of this age are more shrewd than the children, the sons of light. So we are shrewd, but we're not shrewd enough. They are more shrewd. And the church needs to take what God has given and let's move ahead. I believe we can do that because I believe the Lord Jesus Christ wants us to do that. Not just in the financial realm. We're talking about any realm, aren't we? We're talking about any realm. It doesn't matter what kind of realm it is. Any realm. Any realm whatsoever. Let's stand here, please. I'm having fun praying and studying because I want to improve. I do want to improve. I want to be better at what God has asked me to do. And so that's why I said, and I put it in all these, if you look on your bulletin, it's all of them toward me to be more shrewd. I want to be more shrewd. I want to um, use... Number two is I want to use my finances that God has entrusted to me to steward for him because it's not mine. I want to use that in order to, uh, in a kingdom way now, in a kingdom way, in order to uh, gain eternal rewards. There are eternal rewards. And we could take time and, and, and go through eternal rewards. There, there it is eternal rewards and just one scripture that, that stands out that says that um, you know that if we try to build and don't build like we're supposed to on Jesus Christ uh, you know 
some things, some people work so with hay, uh, stubble, uh, but some with gold, silver. And he says that uh, all of it is going to be tried in the fire. And that that which is hay and stuff is going to be burned up. I don't, but yet we're going to be saved through the fire. I don't want to go through the fire and I have nothing to present at the feet of my Lord Jesus Christ. Because if we, if we read the Old Testament, we read anywhere down, we know that when you come before the great king, you, you need to give, give him something. I don't care, we don't cast the crown that he's given us back right at his feet because he's worthy, isn't he? And he, he's given us that because he gives us things to give back to him because he said so in, in his word. Father, we thank you for the word. And we're going we're gonna to be excited about the kingdom, Lord. We're going to be excited. We're going to be excited about the things that you have given us because you want us to be excited about it. Because you are, as Virgil said and as a song said, you are the great king. You are the awesome God. There's none like you, Lord. None. What can we, what can we gain in this world that we're going to take to heaven. We can't gain anything in this world that the world deems important. All those things. We came in the world naked and we're going to go out naked. We didn't bring any money in. We're not taking any out. We're not taking any cars. We're not taking any house. We're not taking any, any laptops. We're not taking anything with us. They can throw it in the casket, but it's not. It's going to just stay right there. It's not going to heaven. That's for sure. So what we want to do, Lord, is to use the things that you have entrusted to us. We want to use it for kingdom purposes, eternal purposes. Help us, Lord, to have hearing ears today. Hear us. We want to hear what you're saying, understand what you're saying, and keep what you're saying. In Jesus' name, everybody say Thank you again for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Our website is cornerstonelynchburg.com. You may call us at 434-847-4796. And our physical address is 525 Old Graves Mill Road in Lynchburg, Virginia.